No, you see, you hear what Marty said there at the end to uh, to Doc. He said, "I did go to the future, but I'm back, back from the future." And uh, so he came. He he went to the. The way it works, that's the end of number two, right? He came back, he got back to the present, it was different, and then he went to the future and then to the past again to make sure the future wasn't changed and Biff didn't take over in the wrong way. Everybody with me so far? It's very confusing. We haven't even gotten to number three yet where they go to 1885, Um, but he says, I'm back from the future. When we are looking at the future of the church, the only way to see how we are to create it and, and to move forward is by looking into the past. And that is what we find here in Scripture. We need to constantly be looking into the past and coming back from where we're at to where Jesus was and looking at the church at that point. And so um, today we're going to look at the church, and specifically the role of pastor. Now, um, before I, I start talking, I want you to know, I don't have anything against big, huge churches. We're not a big, huge church. I don't have anything. I used to work on staff at large churches. Um, don't have anything against them uh, at all. So I want you to know that before I start talking. In fact, the first church that we were, we've been talking about in Acts chapter 2, um, when, when it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Go ahead and throw that up there, uh, Jonathan. And to, uh, to prayer, this church had 3,000 members. 3,000 people in this church. But they did these things each and every day. The hard part, uh, from experience, I know, the hard part about leading a large church is that it's hard to do these things in our culture. In their culture, it was much easier, I guess. I, I don't know. I didn't live there. If uh, the doc will bring his DeLorean, I will go back and I will check it out. Um, but the, the thing about a 3,000-member church, is, you know, or even bigger, our American culture has a hard time breaking down uh, hierarchical stru- structures, you know. And then there's some power structures in there as well where we don't want to give control to the Holy Spirit and see what he does a lot of times. Um, and then, two, with larger churches, anybody can come in and be anonymous. I know that a lot of you and I know a lot of, a lot of visitors that we have a lot of times come in and they want to be anonymous and you can't in our church. We, you know, we want to get to know you, that kind of thing. It's just the way it is. And uh, we, the people in large churches sometimes are not willing to to get into discipleship and to uh, follow the church's mission to help people start and grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, And if we're honest, a lot of American Christians are consumers, right? We want to know, what do you have to offer me, right? And and that's great when you're looking around for a church and and that kind of thing, but at some point you've got to transition and say, what can I do to give to the church and fulfill the mission of the church, which every, every church has the same mission. It may be worded just a little differently, but it's always to help people start in a relationship with Jesus and to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Um, and so the flip side of that is that with small churches, the hard part that people run into is we, we don't 
share Jesus with others a lot of times. Or we don't trust the Holy Spirit to, to give us the words to say. And we don't trust that he can change the hardest of hearts. And man, I have seen some hardened people turn into just amazing followers of Christ. Like they are all for themselves. And then God works in their heart and they love Christ. Now, let's talk about the pastor and... What, let me ask you this. What does the world say that the pastor should be or should do? Um, what, what is that perception that, that the pastor is to have? Alongside people. Mm-hmm. Minister to people. Okay. And as well alongside them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Right, right. So that's a, that's a very good, yeah, that's a very good biblical um, uh, duty of, of the pastor. Yeah, good. Yeah, step, station. Lead by example. Yeah, lead by example. Yeah. yeah, When you go on TV and you see a pastor there, what what is what does that portray? Yeah, and and as I've said, as I've said many times, there there are great pastors on TV, and then there are pastors who are not in any way very good, and we shouldn't be watching them. I just encourage people not to watch pastors on TV unless you know that you know that you know that this guy is rooted in Scripture uh, and sound. Um, because the role of pastor, it is becoming a, a celebrity in many ways. Um, uh, whenever I talk to people or run into somebody and say, hey, where are you going to church? You know, that kind of thing. They're like, oh, I go to this church. You know, pastor so-and-so. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know him. I'm sorry. And I feel bad. Like, should I know them? They, you know? And then I'm like, no, I shouldn't. It's not a big deal, right? Um, I know pastors that started with great intentions. They led a lot of people to Christ, and their church grew real, you know, and they would start on the front row, and they're, they're meeting people and hanging out and talking, and then eventually they're coming on stage from the side and, and walking off, and they've got security, and nobody can approach them, you know. And, and there's a mix between all of that. And it, but celebrity status with pastors, it elevates us to, to somebody that we're not, you know. Um, let me ask you this. Who was the pastor of the church uh, in Corinth in the Bible? Anybody know? Jesus. Jesus is always the answer. You get, you, that is correct, Ashley. Yes. Uh, what, about the, what about the church in uh, Galatia? Anybody know the pastor of the church in Galatia? Thessalonica. Anybody? Thessalonius? No, that was the name of the city, but that's a nice try. Nobody knows. He's not listed in Scripture. We, we don't know. We know Paul started the church, but he wasn't the pastor. And, and, and there's something telling about that, and that is that the pastor serves a role in the church. 
He's very different from the pastor that, that we see today where we look at him and he's like the CEO. He's the one that everybody's, you know, just like, all right, whatever he says is gold and that kind of thing. The pastor serves a role in the church and it is an extensive role and it has a lot of responsibility, but the role of pastor is no greater than the role that you serve in the church here as well. Just because I'm up here and you're all looking at me, first of all, it terrifies me. I, every Sunday, like, I see the whites in your eyes. And I can speak better in front of 3,000 people than I can in front of our, our church, right? And the little church. It's scary because every day I go home, I'm like, did I say everything right? I don't, you know, and then I'm like, well, maybe they just don't remember it. You know, that kind of thing. And then somebody texts me, what did you mean by that? I'm like, oh, did I say that? You know, th this is a very important role, but it's no better than... Uh, who's back there, Millie? Then Millie serving and letting our kids run wild back there, which we love, by the way, because it's, they're noisy, and that's fantastic because we know that they're learning about God in a fun way, in a way that they can, they can uh, take home with them. Um, but the pastor's no different than somebody who serves in the background. Somebody tell me, we, we touched on it a couple, what's my role here? What's the biblical role of a pastor? shepherd right right john 21 we're going to look at that today and then we're going to look at a, uh, something else kind of we'll, you'll understand in a minute john chapter 21 verse 15 jesus has uh ascended or not ascended he's risen uh from the grave and he's in between the resurrection and the ascension right where he goes to be with god in heaven and he's walking along the beach, and he sees Peter and his, his boys, and they have gone back to fishing because they're like, all right, well, Jesus is dead. We'll just go back to what we know we can do. And so he's walking along, and he says, hey, guys, you catch any fish? And they're like, no. And he said, throw it over on the other side. And they pull in this awesome load, and then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, it's Jesus. And they jump out. They start swimming to shore. The others are paddling in, and then, and then they make a campfire, it's like breakfast time, and they eat fish, right? But that's what they did. Oh, where are the eggs when you need them? Verse 15, it says this, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter's hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, there's a whole lot that's going on with this passage. Okay, Jesus denied, or Peter denied Jesus three times. So Jesus is reinstating Peter by saying, feed my sheep three times, okay? There's the whole aspect of, of Peter saying, I love you in, in two different ways here and repeating it. This is agape love and phileo love and the way he says it, it's really kind of three different times. I don't, I'm not getting into that. I just want to look at what, what Jesus says. Jesus says two things. What does he say? He says one thing twice 
and one thing once. What does he say? What does that, what does that say right there? Feed my sheep. Go back one verse, Jonathan, to 16. <clears throat> what does he say? Take care of my sheep. That word, that phrase in Greek, take care of, in, in other translations you may see tend. It's, it's the same word. It means shepherd. <laughs> shepherd my sheep. So he's saying lead my sheep because that's what a shepherd does. He leads and he feeds. Now, I know, I know a lot of times we can get really caught up in we need a leader with vision and this and that, and it's got to be. All Jesus is talking about here is your heart. He's saying, Peter, I'm about to ascend. I'm passing on the mantle of pastor, because Peter was going to have to pastor the disciples here. I'm passing on this mantle to you, and everybody's going to look to me. But this role... Right? This is not a hierarchical structure where Peter's at the top and everybody else is underneath and then we got a little you know, scheme going on here. This is Jesus saying, Peter, this is your role. Feed and lead the sheep. Um, and and he's, he's making sure that the church is taken care of. Lead and feed. Uh, in, in a lot of churches, the... Um, the way we, we set up churches is a replaceable model, right? So somebody's in a position, and you want them to be replaceable. Somebody underneath them needs to replace them so that they can, as the church grows, they can take more responsibility and look over people, that kind of thing. Um, but the problem is, in most churches, you get to the pastor, and he's kind of not replaceable, right? You know what I'm talking about? You ever been to a church where... The main pastor is like the most fantastic speaker in the world. And then you got the associate pastor. And if you hear the associate pastor is going to be speaking, you're like, I don't know if I want to go to that one. You know what I'm talking about? The pastor, the main pastor is irreplaceable there. And, and that's the way it is. Everybody else is replaceable except for the pastor. And it's not supposed to be that way. We get sucked into, oh, they're such good speakers. And we've... Quit seeing them as they are a role in the church, just like me. The pastor is not the CEO. The church is not a business model. The pastor is not supposed to be elevated because he speaks and he's in front of everybody to where his role is greater. His role is just the same as somebody else in the church, no matter what their spiritual gift is. Uh, in fact, the church is, is not a, a hierarchical model. The church works like this. You have Jesus and everybody else underneath. Now, don't get me wrong because when you have staff, you do have to have accountability and those kind of things. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that, oh, oh well, you can't tell me what to do because you're, just because you're the pastor, you're no better than me. That is true, but there still has to be accountability. And so there's some sticky issues there because it's tough when you got when you're working in the business world and then you come into the church world and it's a different but the pastor is no better than anyone else now here's the thing I want to be replaceable I want to be replaceable I want this church to continue on if I die 
If I pass away, um, I, I hope you're sad. Be sad, okay? Please. For, for leaving the kids. Uh, be sad, but, but move on, right? Find somebody that's even better than me at leading and feeding. Um, I, I don't want a kingdom to rule over. That's not our goal. That's, this is why we like to build family in our church. This is why I'm constantly telling you guys, if we get to the point in our church to where we've grown so much that you know, somebody's been in our church for a month and we don't know who they are and nobody's gotten to know them, that tells us we need to start another church that has its own pastor, not a satellite, right? It's got its own pastor, its, its own band, all that stuff, however they want to do it. But if, if we can't feed and lead the flock on a personal level, then we're not being the church that we need to be. Our church is about a man who knew no sin. It's not about a man who struggles with sin. Okay? Um, God's given me a flock to care for, but you, you're not mine to keep. And... I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, sometimes I struggle with that because, you know, it's, it's tough when I'm trying to walk somebody through something and help somebody and, and I just got to keep, they're not mine, they're yours, God. I can't make changes in, in a heart, not at all. Now, there's another role, another part of being a pastor, but it's also something that, that you guys do. It's called the elder and overseer. And this, it's not just, this person is not just the pastor but it's others in the church who work alongside with uh, the pastor and, and help fulfill the mission of the church. Do you all know any of the duties? Any, anybody ever heard of any of the duties of this office, elder or, or overseer? No. Pass out the trays. You grew up in a Baptist church. I did. Yes. Uh huh. They need the front they pray before you give. Right? Yeah. Believe it or not, that's not an actual role, but it is how they, yes, it is how they help. It doesn't say pass the offering plate around in, in Scripture, but but it's something bigger. Anybody else? That's fine. Yeah. Visit people in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. There are actually five different lists of roles and duties of this person in the Bible. And I'm not going to read them off. If you, if you want, come and talk to me. I can tell you where they're at. Acts, Titus, 1 Timothy, 1 Peter. Um, but I, I, I put them all together. Go ahead and throw that up there, Jonathan. I know it's a little hard to read, um, but I'd already committed to the background. So, um, But here's all that this, this person is supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be a willing shepherd, protect the church from distortions of the truth, they are to be blameless and beyond reproach, a husband of one wife, believing and respectful children. Uh, they need to have believing and respectful children, rather. Hospitable, loves what is good, self-controlled, upright, holy, disciplined, holds firmly to the gospel and can teach it, uh, encourages others with sound doctrine, refutes those who oppose sound doctrine, they're gentle, they manage their family well, they're clear-headed, respectable, they have a good reputation with outsiders, that means people outside the church, people who are not uh, followers of Christ. They're eager to serve, they don't have wild or disobedient children. For us, you'd be like, I don't know what's going on over there, there may be a few, you know. 
Not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness. There was a, a pastor recently who was in the news for, for that right there. Uh, not violent. I know another pastor who lost their position because they were violent. Um, not, not with their family, but with the church. Uh, not pursuing dishonest gain, lover of money, uh, or greedy. They're not quarrelsome. Not a recent convert. And then there's a couple of uh, roles that elders play, but this isn't for all elders or overseers, and that is to direct the affairs of the church well, and they preach. Now, this is a pretty substantial list, and, and nobody's perfect in this, okay? Because I look through this list, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't fit every single one of these perfectly, right? Um, but, but the goal is that this person is diligently striving to accomplish these things in their life. And so, I'm the pastor, I as the pastor am to be a reflection. These are all things that are a reflection of Christ and how he deals with the church and loves the church. And so, I am as pastor to be a reflection, however dim, okay, because I'm not perfect in any way. But I'm to be a reflection of Christ in the church. And as Jesus leads and loves and he heads the church and he died for the church, I am to reflect that, um, but on the same level as you are. Scripture says that we have to have more responsibility in this role as pastor. Um, We've got more uh, oversight, and because of that, the position deserves honor and respect. Hopefully, I've earned that with you guys, Um, but we don't need to build the church on the pastor. I don't want the church built upon myself, um, because the church cannot be built upon celebrity or personality or charisma, but upon the gospel and upon the word of God and the life that Jesus taught us to live. The the church is to be built upon one thing and one thing only, and that is Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection. That's it. And if you ever look to me as like, oh, the church and Jason, man, please don't. I'm going to let you down. At some point, I will let you down. But when we look to Jesus together, We'll be the church that God wants to build. We'll be the church that God wants to use. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for for this word, and thank you for showing to us, Father, exactly the role that I am to play or that any pastor who comes after me is to play. Um, Help us to build our church upon you and you alone. And we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.